it uh yeah i don't know it it does i think it just depends on the context so whenever i do commentary for shamrock i don't enjoy listening to myself on those i can listen to myself on the podcast maybe because i'm just a little bit more sure of myself but whenever i listen back to some of those like some of those fights i'm like i'm just cringing oh it's just, I, it's I, a I can only imagine moment. i can only imagine i like hear myself talk on instagram and i'm like oh my god shut up yeah i think i read something that we hear our voice deeper in our own head because of yes. the vibrations through our canal and all that. I think that's right. I think so. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Your mom a doctor? No, she wanted me to be she a doctor. She wanted you to be a doctor? I was pre-med for almost three years. Oh, really? And I went <laughs> completely the opposite route. Okay. What, what made you make that shift? It didn't make me happy. Yeah. It didn't make me happy. I didn't enjoy it. I personally am actually really against modern medicine, like not in terms of life-saving. I think there's a lot of issues with the healthcare system and it was something I was not happy about. Yeah. Just a lot of issues. We're very symptom-driven instead of source and I really just vibe more with a healthy lifestyle. And right. I, we, we're like still asking doctors for nutrition advice. They don't take a single nutrition class. No, I think it's a, it's a very small amount of nutrition, it's like, if any. If any. Yeah. They're like, well, we understand this. I'm like, you still don't understand food's effect on the body. And right. that's like the number one thing that fuels who we are as people. Like your gut health is your mental health. That's right. Yeah. Just take that down. Yeah. Everyone, we we live notes. in a very, it's, it's like pharmaceutical driven model <laughs> mm-hmm. of healthcare. It's, it's definitely much more reactionary. And though. a lot more doctors are going towards business side because they're realizing they can make more money doing that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of doctors suck at business. Yeah, they do. And they think I um I used to take my my kids to this one particular uh, uh, pediatrician, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, "Your kids aren't they don't get sick. You need to bring them here." I'm like, "I'm not. Why do I want to bring my kids to you?" He's just joking, but I'm talking to him, and he would say a couple things, and I didn't want to like get in this back and forth with this guy because right. doctors are so used to being in this position of authority, and mm-hmm. you know people just kind of take their word. Um, without really doing their own research. Oh, so yeah. it's a weird industry. It's a weird, weird industry. Right. I was I was pre med for a little bit, so I don't I definitely understand like why you wouldn't right. maybe want to go down that path. It's a lot too and I think they kind of break people down throughout like every year. Like it's just so stressful. And I'm like I, I also look at the quality of life that I have now. I love to travel. I love creating things. That's it's genuinely different from that. And yeah. I'm like, I love the capability while I have to on one hand work I can work from anywhere. I can literally work from anywhere in the world right now. I can just pick up and just go. And I love the capability to do that instead of being like tied to one place. Yeah. yeah. We live in a different world. It's it hasn't always so been that cool. way. It's a really cool world if you think about it. Like we have every opportunity. Yeah. Like you can just make money from your phone. Like making, You really can. Just making stupid videos. Now you said you were your, your first first generation i am right? first your, par- generation. your parents are immigrants so yes how did they take you making that shift from not being a doctor <laughs> right i mean that's like the classic story <laughs> so it was my grandpa always wanted a doctor okay my mom didn't do it so like all of his hopes and dreams were on her mm. she didn't do it uh, when i didn't do it she didn't talk to me for like two weeks mm. she straight up did not talk to me and i'm like i love you mom <laughs> She just put the pressure on you. She did put the pressure on me, and then we did it for every single one of my younger cousins. None of us. Really? Not one doctor. All of us are in business. Really? Yeah, both my parents are in IT. They're shocked that I'm in IT. Okay, so you went the IT route. I did go the IT route. 
holy shit <laughs> right stereotype but yeah sort of sort of you don't really fit the stereotype for the it world i don't i'm more on the fintech side and i'm more in leadership management which is what i love i like creating strategy i like creating vision and executing it okay so i started more on the it route but i've definitely evolved a lot and it's just really opened my eyes to like as much as people want to deny it the entire world is a corporation no matter where you go i mean maybe not in like a village in the middle of nowhere but like there there's always been this human thing of trading one thing for another and we've always had that embedded in us as people and i don't think people understand that enough like music is a business healthcare is a business it's all centered around one thing and exchanging of goods and sources so yeah i think the more you look at the world that way the cooler that becomes genuinely yeah i always just tend to look at business as it's just it's just human interactions Mm -hmm. so the more you just treat human interactions right you know you actually care about the person that's in front of you it just makes business that much easier absolutely business with a heart which currently is a big issue right now but i mean like i have about 80 people i manage right now and it's like genuinely like having to understand like each person as a person not look at them as a statistic not look at them as data and like it's always people first instead of process. And once you start to look at business in that way, and you have to be like a person that gives it heart. Like it's totally in your position as a manager to give business heart and create a good culture in your team because people don't leave businesses, they leave managers. Yeah. And that's intense. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure as a manager? Yes. I bet. So are you, is your intention to continue to work in the corporate space or are you are you trying to build? Because it seems like you're, you're working on multiple things. Oh, I am working on a lot of things. Um, so I, I love corporate. Um, Ten years down the line, do I see myself working for another business? No. Um, I think I'm learning a ton and I have no intention of leaving yet. Um, but like I am building STL guide, which is a happy hour locator app. And we're currently like taking over the event space. Uh, once upon a time I was an event coordinator. I left that for a little more stability. I'm being dragged back in and I love it. Um, I mean, doing social media for clients, building events. I love St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis, really putting my city in a position of like, instead of doing what everyone else does and like runs away from here. How can I make my my home better before I leave it? So that's one big focus. I'm also working on my music. So it's just kind of all of that combined, um, I think, is going to show me my next step. I don't really know what that is yet. Yeah, you're just kind of focused on doing. Yeah, I'm very focused on execution right now. And just I think all of them bleed into one thing. And it's really helping the people around me grow as well. So what motivated you to do the STL guide? I mean, I know you said you're in the event space. You're kind of getting back, oh, yeah. kind of pulled back <laughs> into it. So it was l- low key. Um, I got really tired of late nights. And like when you're doing events, you're up until four and five in the morning. I don't want to be up that late. So, but I love creating experiences and I love creating that vibe and energy. I will tell you right now, all my events end at like midnight. I don't want to be up. Um, so it's really an app that like really takes I travel a ton so it's it takes the guesswork out of what happy hours near me what's going on here it literally breaks the city down by neighborhood and tells you exactly what's going on where you are so you can just go find it read it simply minimalist good to go so it's really still diving back into that event space where I want to create the experience but I don't necessarily have to be involved in every experience so it's a little bit selfish I was like I, I kind of just expanded upon what I was good at Okay, so you're like aggregating all these different things around mm-hmm. the city, so it's just an easy, yes, easy to figure out where you want to go. Yeah, so eventually you'll just be able to get on the app, like search whatever city you're in, like.
I want to bring this across America. Whatever city you're in, click on the neighborhood you're in, and then you would get an alphabetical list of all the happy hours and restaurants in the area. And then you just click on that, and it takes you to almost an Instagram page per business. So they just lay everything out right there. So how do you get these happy hour like information? How do you get all this happy hour information? So businesses would actually subscribe to be a part of the app. It's a super low monthly fee. We're you know still building the app for St. Louis and really want to get the beta testing out of the way before we look at expanding. Okay. STL Guide will always be just STL Guide, and then they'll be the guides just because it's my home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're it's I'm already working on building client relationships. That was kind of part of jumping back into the event space, coming in, and I'm creating content again for a lot of local businesses. Um, and then taking them on as clients, doing events with them. And it's just, it's been a fun way to get to know businesses, build that trust with them. Cause I think business comes down to another thing, trust. Oh, 100%. Oh, absolutely. I think that's like the number one, like pillar in my entire life, trust with the people around me and trust with the people that I'm working with. How do I bring that to my city? Like I want my city to trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. This city, it's a hidden gem. It is. It's absolutely a hidden gem. And I was too, one of those people, do I see myself living here for the rest of my life? No. But I don't. I want to leave it better than I found it, and I think too many people are too quick to run away. I think that's a natural instinct as you kind of graduate high school and then you start mm-hmm. figuring out what do you want to do in the world, and it's usually get as far as away from home and your parents as possible. Right, right. I've done the opposite. I moved into my mom's basement. I'm like, hey, she's like, can you leave? And I'm like, nah, no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this really last I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have with my family, you know, really before. I go off, potentially get married, maybe. Maybe it'll just be my dog traveling the world. But, like, last time I'm going to have with my family, last time I'm going to be this age, last time I'm going to be doing all these things that I'm doing. So I'm just really, like, I used to be that person. I literally almost picked up my bags and moved away, like, six months ago. And I was okay. like, bye, everyone. And I'm like, no, this is dumb. What, what am I running from? And that's, like, a question I think we are too slow to ask ourselves. Like, what are you running from? And can you actually make your situation better? What prompted you to ask yourself that? Because it sounds like you do quite a bit of internal reflection. I do. I do. I think that's it. I, I was literally like looking online. I'm like, where can I go? Like looking within MasterCard. I'm like, and I just, I had to slow down. And I started getting all these opportunities here in St. Louis. And I keep having to move vacations because people just keep asking me to come in and do things. And all these crazy things I never would have dreamed of doing are now falling into my lap. I go, this is literally everything I've worked for. I've spent years working for this and it's all literally right in front of me. I would be dumb to walk away from all of this mm. and have to start over somewhere new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cause you definitely have to start over somewhere new. Oh, right. The grass and, isn't always greener. Right. Clearly I could talk to a wall. Like I don't know how to shut up, so I'd probably be fine. But like, it's just, I, I, I had a purpose and a vision and I knew it for a long time and I know it's partly to make this city better. And I would be doing myself and my dreams a disservice if I didn't like stick to what I started. Mm. I'm very big on finishing what you start because it's no matter how long it takes. If it takes you 10 years to do something, do it. Depending on how big the goal is, 10 years is pretty much the minimum. Yeah. The goal is very big. If it's a big goal, I mean, you're definitely looking at a decade usually. Yeah. I'd like to be retired by 36. I know that's not going to happen. I'd get bored. What does retirement mean though? I literally have no idea. I don't think I'll ever do it. My both my grandparents work till the day they died. Like yeah. like my family is just a family of workaholics. Yeah. We get bored. Is it more so you think an idea of just being in a place and you know, financially and I think yeah, the to, freedom. Yeah, to not worry about having yeah. to like, having to go work and yes. having to do these things that don't kinda light your fire. Right. And that's the thing. Like having to do things like 
that yeah exactly just don't light my fire like I want the freedom of being able to do whatever I want whenever I want to do it and do whatever crazy idea that comes to my mind because there's usually a lot of those Mm. there's a lot of things that I'm like okay I could do this I'm like slow down you don't need to add another thing to your plate never short of ideas never usually bad ones but it's fine (laughs) you don't know they're bad until you try though that's the thing you gotta try right right for sure no regrets just failure (laughs) (laughs) I truly don't believe in failure though like that I think that's the one pushing element I can fall but I'm never gonna fail yeah, I think it's just how do you like how do you view it? You know, what what lens yeah. do you put on maybe not having success? Right. And I know you're, you know, in jujitsu, like Xbox or I think that's part of it. It's not about how hard you hit. It's how many times can you get hit and still stay sanding or dodge. I don't like getting hit though. I fuck all that. <laughs> <laughs> I am the opposite. I'm like hit me in the face, let me hit you back. Really? Yeah. Oh, my coaches no. my coaches hated me because I'm like it just made me matter. Oh really? So it made me want to hit harder. So my very first fight as an amateur probably the opening 10 or 15 seconds of the fight <laughs> this dude hit me so hard in my nose oh my and it broke my nose it whipped my head back oh my god and, uh, I got, blood was everywhere i took him down fortunately i won the fight so i feel good about that but um getting hit in the nose hurts fucking getting hit in the face <laughs> is not fun man. it hurts really bad i think it's more the shock of it though yeah and it's like can you handle the shock because <laughs> life is not easy right i you know, like there's that stupid quote, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's bullshit. It's not true. That's such bullshit. And I'm like, you're putting this out there. Like, if you love what you do, you're going to get hit in the face and keep going. Like, you still want the fight at the end of the day. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I think people have a, a like a misconception on what work is. I, I used to always say that like work is a thing that you get to do, not a place you have to go. I think so many people associate work with like going to MasterCard or going to this, yeah. this building that you have to go to. And right. they're like, oh man, I have to go to work. But right. when you're working on something that you want to work on, for right. me, there are definitely those difficult days. You know, it's sometimes yeah. more challenging than others, but I don't really view it as work. I think some people yeah. would be like, if I had a podcast, say, yeah, I'm working on my podcast. Or if you had a business, say, I'm working on my business. Right. But shit when i'm filling orders or going to an event or you know messaging my supplier i don't really think of that as work right i honestly don't even think of my full-time job as work like i love what i do like even though that's not my like overall purpose yeah i've learned so much that like it's invaluable experience so like while there are days that can be stressful like Honestly, it kind of just gives me confidence to know that I can be good at whatever I put my head to, even if it's not my passion. I think it's like a decision you have to make, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always say, oh, my God, I'm a workaholic. I just genuinely love building businesses. And, like, that that's really where it all stems from. So whether it's someone else's or mine, doesn't really bother me. Really? Yeah. Oh, which wow. is Which is weird for people. They're like... Like, why are you still here? I'm like, I'm learning so much. Like, this is invaluable. The resources that are in front of me, I don't have those resources right now. Like, I'm paying for all this crap myself. Like, <laughs> I like I have interns and all of that stuff. And I'm like, this is all coming out of my pocket. So it's kind of fun to use someone else's resources to yeah. learn the same things and make the same mistakes. It's definitely teaching me a lot more because, you know, I'm still very new in my career. Like, been out of college about three years. So th- there's just a – there's a – you know, maturity that you don't have until you've been in corporate America for a long time. There's a very particular way of acting. There's a very particular way of speaking. Um, It's, it's definitely its own ecosystem. Yes. (laughs) You can't like crack like dad jokes in a boardroom. I've tried that. Really? Yeah. I would not have known. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God. I like literally will make the dumbest jokes and I'm like, sorry guys. 
but it's like I and that's the thing like I never look at it as work either because it's just all a learning experience and I'm very focused on like learning is my ultimate goal okay so even if it is stressful I genuinely love my job I love my team and it's teaching me how to be a better entrepreneur that's a great perspective to have I try I try positivity if you can spin it to be positive I think that's a better way to look at it like I don't have to be doing all of this yeah I want to be doing all of it. But having a job helps fuel the other things that you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I think some people are either kind of driven to, to be in the corporate space or they're not. Um, yeah. You know, some people are entrepreneurs. Some people just want to just have a paycheck and just show up and right. do their job and let me go home and leave me the fuck I alone. I understand that. <laughs> some people are like, I, I always felt very out of place in the corporate space. It felt very, yeah. I was there and I never felt like I could be myself. Yeah. You ever feel that way? Honestly, no. no. My team is so open and okay. like they know me. Like they know everything like I'm working on and it's just like they're super supportive and like I've actually since I am the actual manager, I've gotten to build the culture around like what I want it to be. Like people like come to our corner of the office just to like hang out because we always have snacks. It's such a good like they yeah. always say like it's such a happy area of the office and we're very understanding. Are other teams like that? I'm not sure. I can't really speak to it, but I know I'm very lucky to have like the team that I do. Mm. And I think that makes it, I think that's what it is. Yeah. You know, my boss is amazing. She teaches me so much on a regular basis. Like she's consistently pushing me to learn and push myself and challenge me. And I don't think a lot of people get that. You know, mm. I, I try to challenge the people who work for me, but I think that's, that's something that having a good manager brings Yeah, and that's what it is. Like, I can tell you my mom's had horror stories of people she's worked for, and she's just like, nah. Like, it makes you not want to do your job. Mm-hmm. But because I have such a supportive boss, it makes me want to work hard at mine. When did you start working? So, I, <laughs> my first job was at 15. Okay. I worked at Hollister in the front, and I used to say, well, uh, our jeans will make you a star. <laughs> I was one of those girls. Really? Yes. I'm, I'm very embarrassed about that. Uh, but I started at 15, and I never stopped. Um, I mean, in college I was just as much of a spaz, like, sorry, mom, I was bartending at night. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I was. I never told her that. (laughs) Um, and then I was doing my internship. I would go to class. I would go to my internship. I would do my homework and then go right back to the bar. And I used to do that four or five nights a week. You're a night owl. I am an awake person. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a night person. I'm a, I'm going to get my shit done person. You're just awake. I'm awake. Yeah, I actually, like, really like to nap from, like, 3 to 4.30. Okay. There was a point in time I was sleeping probably, like, seven hours a day and not in not in succession. Really? Yeah, it'd be, like, a two-hour nap here and a two-an-hour here. And I was, like, I was trucking. How did that make you feel? I was loving my life. Like, there was no question to me. I'm now starting to slow down a little bit because I've been doing this so long that I'm, like, okay, like, I got to sleep, like, at least seven hours. Mm. And, like, maybe, like, two venti coffees instead of, like, six like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but no, like, it. I don't know. I'm just so, I'm so passionate about my life because there was a very, there was a very large point in time, especially when I was going through the pre-med thing where I wasn't, like, I didn't like the person I was. And I think I know what it's like to not like the person you are. So, like, it really, and do the hard work to be the person I like today. I mean, there's been a lot of ups and downs along the way, but I think that's what it is. It's like, I, this, I've built a life that I'm so genuinely proud of. That I don't really mind if I don't get sleep. My doctor probably minds. It catches up. <laughs> it will. I know it will. My dark circles just started showing. And I started yeah. getting a couple of gray hairs. I was like, fuck. You're like in your mid-20s, right? 
tw- I'm about to be 27. 27. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're like the later end of the 20s. So uh, yeah. yeah, that shit like catches up to you. <laughs> oh my it's God. It's really weird. Like, I drink like two glasses of wine now and I'm like, holy fuck. And now I'm like, I used to like slam tequila shots. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Once I hit 30, people say this and you don't believe them, <laughs> but for whatever reason, after I hit 30, my recovery just drastically slowed down. Yeah. And you just feel things. Yeah. In my head, it's I'm really like weird. a 72 year old woman. Really? Yeah. Like, I feel like it. Like, I wake up. Like, I used to think about it. I'm like, I used to barely sleep. I was eating like crap. I was literally, f- my blood was probably coffee. I'm, let's be serious. <laughs> and now I like sleep wrong. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I do to my back? Yeah. Like, I slept on a couch the other day. And like, literally, my back has been hurting ever since. Really? <laughs> I was like, I don't recover. It's brutal. I know. These bodies are soft. Yeah, they are. I I think that's partly why I'm so big on like feeding myself healthy food and, you know, getting to the gym or moving every single day because you got to take care of it to the best of your ability. I know I'm not doing a great job, like do as I say, not as I do, but it's at least offset it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when you're when you're just madly driven about building something, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get a little off balance. Oh, absolutely. It just is what it is. I mean, because eventually, hopefully like, to the point yeah. that you're trying to get more control of your time, right? Yeah. And the ability to, if you wanted to just take a day off, you could. Yeah. So something that really stuck with me was something that Jason Bachman said of strange donuts. Jason's uh, the dude. I know we had him speak at our business hour a couple months ago. I actually ran into him at the gym yesterday. Great guy. But he said, you know, balance isn't, days or how many hours or weeks sometimes it can be months or years right that, like that's what balance is and that's something that really stuck with me because a lot of people don't get it yeah They're i like, don't even like using that word balance to be honest i don't get it yeah like i think it's just fine because it, it's different for everybody i have friends who are like you gotta slow down you can't maintain this i go but i can like yeah I'll find a way of, like, I'll probably, like, every two or three weeks, like, die for 48 straight hours. And then I wake up, I'm like, cool, I'm good to go again. Okay. So you do crash. I do sometimes. You hit those walls. I I, I schedule time in for myself. Dude. Like, I genuinely am an introvert, which shocks many people. I can talk all day, but I have to recharge sometimes or I turn into kind of a brat. Really? Super bratty. Nobody likes that Mahika. I don't like that Mahika. Like, usually if you feed her chocolate long enough, like, she'll hold on. But, like, I will literally just sleep and watch Netflix for 48 hours, catch up on my shows, and that's it. Like, I try to leave, like, right now it's a little crazy because we're doing so many events. But, like, every Friday night I really try to spend with family. I try to, you know, just catch up. And then, like, you know, mornings on weekends, like, that's my time. Like, no one can touch it. Um, Just, you know, get organized for my weeks, get organized for myself, just really giving myself the time to put myself in a position where I can push this hard. Because if you're not keeping up with everything along the way, then you really can't do it. Like if you get behind on one thing, you're just behind. I don't like that feeling. You like feeling behind? No, I hate it. <laughs> um, like if like my laundry is not done right now. And then the back of my head, I'm like, I do laundry on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, like clockwork. It's not done. And I'm like, Ooh, I got to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like in the back of your mind, just sitting there churning yes. until you get it done. Right. Cause... How do you stay organized? Oh, <laughs> oh, this is the fun question. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely so i have this like very long running google doc that like my music manager my interns you know like any of my outside business partners have access to and up like a project management database i have a dashboard for each of my businesses where i put everything in specific to-do lists for the month so that's just like the businesses and like daily i have 
every single night the night before like it's a daily planner that has it by hour and then like a to-do list and then like an extra little notes section I literally go fill in all my meetings for the next day and then I pencil everything else in around that I love it yeah and then the to-do list is always set I write in what workout I'm doing the next day and then one big thing I'm big on is first thing when I wake up in the morning I write down my intentions for the day what I'm gonna give my attention to and like gratitude like always putting myself in a place of like my intention is to be productive on this. My attention needs to go to my rest or my career or my future or my music, something like that. And then what am I grateful for? And I think that's really something that I adopted last year changed the way I look at everything. Like to be ahead, you need to prep the day before genuinely. You said a second ago that there was a time where like you didn't like yourself. Oh yeah. Like what didn't you like? Um, I was not always this driven, which I was very driven throughout high school and all of that. Um, I think when I got to college, I was very lost. I didn't, I had always been so focused on grades and all this. And, um, you know, when I got there, the world was my oyster and I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. And it was very stressful. I definitely was partying too much. I definitely was probably not hanging out with the best group of people and they were kind of mean to me. I grew up getting bullied and I was like, I, this cracks people up. I was kind of a weirdo looking kid. Um, I had a buck tooth and like a pointy tooth. All my teeth were sideways and I had a bowl cut. So if you can imagine that. Um, you had a bowl cut? I had a literal bowl cut. Oh. <laughs> with bangs. Holy Like hell. a literal bowl cut with <laughs> bangs. It was because I had, my mom had given me a pair of scissors and I cut some of my own hair off and all they could do was give me a bowl cut. Ugh. And I was like, oh, my God. So I grew up getting bullied. So I always felt kind of marginalized. And same way through high school, dorky, nerdy kid. And then something between, like, senior year and college, like, I got hot. Like, it, I didn't know what to do with it because I was still <laughs> super weird. Like, I was like, oh, crap. Like, what is this? And then I just – I didn't know what – I kind of became a bully. And, it, I like, the tables turned, and I was like – I woke up one day and like I had been in a bad relationship and I was like, who is this person? I don't know this person. And, you know, that was the day that I was like, okay, like we make changes starting now. And it took a long time. Like it definitely took a long time to get to this position right now where it's like, I don't really care what anyone else says. Like I'm going to keep my peace. Were there any like particular books that you read or podcasts oh, yes. or people that you talked to or like what kind of like my set therapist, you, down this path? you, you talk to a therapist? I love my therapist. Like even when I'm having the best week, I still will talk to her. I think that's one big thing that's been big for me, especially because I give so much of myself, you know, like to everyone I'm talking to, I'm in meetings all day. My interns, you're as a person who creates visions and businesses, like you give a lot of energy. That's at least one hour per week. I know this is for me. This is my time. What is going on in my head? Because like I think imposter syndrome is a big thing that happens when you come from that kind of like bullied put in a corner background. Like why am I getting these opportunities and why are people getting to them? Like giving them to me still. That's something I deal with like almost on a daily basis. So having that time for me, that's changed it. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza was a big book for me. Um, oh my God, the four, the four, what is it? It's the four, not the secrets. The four agreements. Yes. Four agreements was great. Um, the power of now, a new earth. Those are probably the four that stick out the most. And then the magic of thinking big. Yeah. It's a good book. Yeah. It's a great book. Um, so, and then I listened to Jay Shetty's podcast. Prince EA is a good friend. He's always been like a very like, 
you know, person behind me who I can always just turn to and be like, hey, I need like advice on this. Mm. And I'm like, I am so lucky to be able to just call people up and be like, hey, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And I have a lot of mentors in a lot of different ways. And I'm like, I'm super lost. What are things I can do to change it? Mm, that helps. Yeah. Talk about a guy who's crushing it. Yeah. Went from I remember I found out about him. He was uh, he was still going to Umsol and he was just doing yeah. underground rap. Oh yeah. And the next thing you know, he's just this this huge just Such like, motivational speaker person. and poet, and he has a very like rhythmic voice. And yes. His delivery is great. He seems like a very good dude. Right. I, when I told him I wanted to do social media, he like sat me down. And he was like, okay, so, like, I want you to come to me with a list of what you want to do. And I was like, oh, crap, okay. <laughs> it was, like, not, like, it, it was a little jarring. I'm like, okay, here we go. So we sit down, and he's like, okay, so how would you frame this? How would you frame this? And I'm like, different perspectives to look at the things I already wanted to say. He goes, you have to go with a bang. And, like, just truly to be able to learn from someone like that, crap. Yeah. Like, it, it blows my – and that's the thing, the imposter syndrome – sticks in you're like why is this person taking time out of their day to help me yeah but it's cool when people do that and yeah i think all successful people feel imposter syndrome i think they do i think that's what makes them successful sometimes though yeah it keeps you humble yeah for sure but it can also make you doubt yourself when you shouldn't doubt yourself yeah i have a lot of really good people in my corner that will be like hey mahika shut the fuck up because like i'll like go to somebody and i'm like man like they're like dude you're like I have people who will call me out for my BS because there are times that that definitely needs to happen, but they'll be like, there are the days where they're like, why can't you see what everyone else sees? And I think that's part of like the reframing of the mind that it took me a long time to get into because during that transition of not liking myself to liking myself, there were definitely more bad days than good days. And having those people in my corner on the days that shit was going right, like really made the experience much better. What's a bad day look like? Oh man, I I have bad anxiety, mm. so so you just kind of get all frantic. I get super frantic. I can't focus, um, or like super just like down and in bed and can't get anything done. Like I can't focus on a task long enough to finish it, and like just clammy and sweaty. It's not fun. How do you bring yourself out of it? Uh, meditation. Okay. I I have like a list of five things that I ha- I have to do if I'm having a bad day. Got to make my bed. Um, I'm really into Wim Hof breathing, so okay. I have to do my breathing techniques. Do you pair that with cold exposure or you just focus on the breath? <laughs> I used to do the cold exposure. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, hate, I hate the cold. I hate the cold. I hate it. I hate it. I will do it sometimes. Yeah. I feel better afterwards, but I hate the cold. I'd rather do, deal with the heat. I love the sauna. Yeah, give me the sauna fuck any the, day. Fuck the cold. <laughs> so, fuck it. So I'm like, with you. <laughs> so I, I just do the breathing. Okay. Like maybe like I did learn this t- trick that like your wrist is like your body's temperature control. So I'll put like a piece of ice there or something. Yeah. I mean, there's capillaries real yeah. close to the skin there. So I'll just like throw some ice on. Um, But yeah, I'll do the Wim Hof. I'll do a meditation. I have to do like at least 15 minutes of movement. And then I have to do my gratitude journaling. If all five of those things do not work, calling off. Like not I'm really. just, just going to go lay in bed. Like watch some Netflix. Yeah. Or just, like, stare at a wall because, like, apparently that's what my body needs. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes you'd, like, I, I, I am so against toxic positivity. I'm, like, people are, like, wow, you're so positive. I go, I mean, I can be an asshole sometimes, genuinely. Like, I don't have good days every day. I just always try to reframe things. So if the five things I do on a daily basis that keep me humble aren't working, that means I'm just, I need a bad day. Like, you have to have the ups and downs. Yeah, the bad days happen. 
Yeah, no matter who you are. There was a huge period where everybody was getting prescribed SSRIs. I think we're getting away from that now. Yeah. But um, it, it kind of it, it leads with this idea that you're always just supposed to be happy. You're never okay. supposed to get down. You're never supposed to feel right. frustrated. But that's not the case at it's all. all. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm crazy because one day I'll be feeling great, and the next mm-hmm. day I'll just be like, man, I'll just be so down on myself. I'll but be that's so fucking And I'll be, and I'll be in a piss, I'll be kind of being a little pissy mood. I'm like, <laughs> why am I just so emotional right now? But this is just the reality of it. I think it's, it's just how do you handle those emotions? How do you yeah. handle those up and downs? Like, are you right. allowing it to bleed into your behavior and how you treat mm-hmm. other people? That's kind of the difference. Right. And I would say those days now where I can't get out of bed are so far gone. Like, then maybe like, a few times a year versus it used to be like once a week and like that that was a thing like it was so up and down like I'd feel great for a few days and then just so low and now like it's definitely more manageable because I've built a structure around it like and now at least I'm to the point where I can push through it more than not um but man like it was just a few weeks ago I was like I'm just tired I was like anybody who talked to me would kind of get their head bit off I'm like I'm exhausted and I just need some time for me. And that, I think that's also part of being an introvert for me is like I give and I talk all day. So like when I need to chill, I just need to chill. And I th- I'm guilty of this. I don't give myself enough time to do that sometimes because weeks will come and I'm like, okay, that's probably why. It's because I didn't stick to the thing that I know I should be doing. That's what my therapist yells at me about. She's like, did you leave your Friday in? I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Like she did, you like we used to call them sad Sundays a few years ago. I'm like, sad Sundays. Yeah, she's like, just turn everything off. Be sad today, because you have to feel it. Like if you don't feel it, there's no point. I think it's so taboo when people talk about being sad. Like it's fine. It's literally a normal human emotion. Yeah, it really is important. I think um, I don't think enough people do that. No, I know a lot of guys don't do that for no. sure. And I, that, that is so sad to me that like toxic masculinity has taken that course. Like, I think I had somebody like apologize for crying like a couple years ago. Why would you, why would you apologize about being upset about something? Like that's such a mind blowing thing to me. As a guy, it feels weird. It feels like you're doing something wrong. I don't get that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because there's this natural instinct to just to want to be strong. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're driven a lot by ego, especially when you're yeah. younger, um, depending That's on where you're at in your life. I mean, yeah. there's just there's just so much identity attached to like yeah. having this this strong face yeah. and, and it, whenever you're dealing with any sort of issue. Yeah. So I can definitely under understand that. And there's also kind of like this whole culture of just depending on who you are and how driven you are, where you just suck it up and get it done. Yeah. And who has time to to I felt focus that. on, you know, the negativity or the bullshit. Right. But I always I truly believe if you don't focus on it, it's gonna come out in the wrong ways. It will. It will. Yeah. I can tell you so for me, I hate to interrupt the conversation, but I need to tell you about the homies over at Strange Donuts. If you haven't been to Strange Donuts and you are in the St. Louis area, what are you doing? doing you absolutely have to check them out they are hands down some of the best donuts you will ever have in fact strange donuts was voted one of the best donut shops in the country and every weekend they have some sort of different flavor creation if you like donuts 
Strange Donuts is a must. There's four locations there in Creevecore, Kirkwood, Maplewood, and just across the river in Edwardsville, Illinois. It doesn't matter which location you go to, they are all phenomenal. Let them know that we sent you. You will get absolutely nothing for doing that, but they will know that we got you into the store. So, again, go get you some Strange Donuts. You'll be happy that you did. You can thank me later. We are also brought to you by my company, Imposed Will. Imposed Will is an athletic wear and lifestyle brand. I started Imposed Will with the simple belief that everything starts with the mind and we can all impose our will on life and accomplish whatever it is that we want to accomplish. So we're currently taking care of our jujitsu community. So if you do jujitsu, we got geese, we have our free flow training shorts, we have rash guards, everything that you need, but we are expanding to all areas of athletic wear so ladies we're going to be dropping our line for you very soon we do have apparel and we are always growing and expanding so go check us out today and join the movement head over to imposedwill.com and get your gear today psychedelics have been a massive help in my life i've sometimes I'll, i'll take mushrooms and i'll just fucking cry for hours oh, i'm not even not joking. a bad thing at all no i <laughs> I, 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 I legitimately all. had to learn that like i'm i clearly have something very much bottled yeah. up there's a lot of emotions or there's different things that maybe i just haven't addressed and i'll just fucking deal with them yeah. and i'll cry and i'll just feel very sad for a little bit and then i yeah. feel better and then the next day i feel way better and, you get, yeah, it, and then you deal with it you just gotta cry yeah, yeah. I've I've done that before. You know that meme that's like the dude like sets his alarm in like the library and like cries and then it goes off and he stops. I haven't seen that. Oh my god, I'll have to send it to you. It's hilarious. I've done that before. I've like set a timer. You got you got ten minutes to cry. Turns like it goes off. You're done. Yeah, like you're giving yourself to feel. Yes, like the, you the, have the to space do it. To feel and then you're... yeah. I mean that's probably not the healthiest way to do it, but I was like sometimes you gotta like go drive around, listen to sad music for a few minutes. Like, yeah. It's just so important to like foster those feelings because I think we really are going towards this like robotic type society. People are like, you're a robot. I go, no. But like I also really just spend a lot of time alone. So like I have the ability to do a lot more because I'm just really structuring. My days are very long, but I'm structuring a lot of time around it. And I'm if I'm having an off day, I give it to myself. Like there's no there's nothing in the world that says I have to accomplish everything I want to accomplish in the next six months, like or the world's gonna explode. Yeah. Or I'm gonna implode. Like what happens if this app takes me another three years? Nothing. The time's gonna pass anyway. Exactly. And like I think we have we live in a society where it's like, Oh my god, everything needs to get done now. It needed to be done yesterday. That's true. You can do everything you want to do. Just have to happen all at once or in like a year. Right. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to do everything right away. Nope. And you can, people always get on me and they go, you're doing too many things at one time. I'm like, you think I'm doing too many things at one time because that's not something you want to do. I've just like genuinely put aside time to work on each of my things every single day of the week. And I'm like, I don't work on everything all day, every day. I just like delegate to people. And we've, we were talking about this like delegation. Like I pay people to do a lot of stuff for me because it makes my days a little bit easier and I'm not like having these psycho mental breakdowns where I'm like, oh my God, I can't handle like doing any of this. And that's when the imposter syndrome gets worse as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can only do so many things and not everything's worth your time. No, it's not. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, you have to play piano today. You have to read today. You have to journal today. You have to do all these things, do your job, have these meetings, eat healthy. 
nobody can do that every day. I've tried. <laughs> like you literally consistently cannot do that every single day. Do you ever feel like you're doing too much though? I mean, I know I know other people are telling you that, but you don't ever Never. feel like maybe you wanted to to consolidate some things down and focus on maybe like one or two things? No, because in my head, each of these is like one step to the ladder. And they all, so they all play they with all, each other. I have been very, I've, I think a lot. I've thought very long and hard about each pillar of what I'm doing and all of them feed into like the one overall goal. And that, that's the big thing for me is like a lot of people say yes. And I'm like, I'm not on any timeline to complete any of this. Unit. I have the rest of my life. I think people are so goal end oriented and I'm very journey oriented. So like if this album takes me two years to make, so what? I'm still putting time away every single week to work on it. The business is a little bit more because it's taking off. But, like, I I have so many people behind me who believe in what I'm doing that, like, it really genuinely never feels like too much. I mean, I won't say never, but there are days, you know, just bad days where you're feeling slow. You're not feeling the greatest. But, no, I never feel that way. Well, it sounds like you have the perspective that, you know, again, you don't have to work on everything equally always. Yeah. Some things will take more precedence at certain points. Like, I definitely thought right now was going to be, like, I was very geared up to do music. Like, I'm still doing my performances, whatever. But, like, when duty calls, duty calls. And I'm, like, it's just running with the flows. I, I used to be a very rigid person. And clearly, like, you have to do this. You have to do that. Now I'm, like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to roll with the punches. Try to avoid to get hit. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a ride at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. It's literally a roller coaster. And I love Six Flags, so it's chilling. You're doing a lot. So <laughs> how did how did the business hour come about? Okay, so this was a selfish thing that I did. Um, I really wanted to rebrand myself. Um, Luke is a good friend from STL Bucket List, and um, I'd been kind of talking to Spark, and I was like, I want to do something different. Like, I don't want to go to, like, stuffy network groups. No offense to stuffy network groups, but, like, I wanted something a little more relaxed where I could network people. I could hear from people like Jason and, you know, Aaron from Arch Apparel, like people I'm interested in learning their journey, how they got to where they are and people who brought up the city. So I just approached both of them. I said, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to do like a skills workshop where we talk more about like, you know, soft skills of like how to be a vulnerable leader, how to build a community. Like, I think those are things that a lot of networking groups lack is, you know, we don't talk enough about the feelings and again people don't talk enough about that and that's a huge part of business trust in business how to be an effective leader and use different leadership styles so we really wanted to go that route and then bring in the speakers and like ever since I started it like I've met so many amazing people like there's every single time I go I connect and I wanted to give myself a platform to like really spread the knowledge I've learned so I was like hey I want to do this and I want to run these workshops and that's it. And it's been history ever since. We're actually now in Kansas City. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we're also expanding into doing a large business hour at um, with Lux Living Co. That's going to be like 150 people. Oh, cool. Did not expect it to grow this quickly. But it's Did been... You, just, you started it at the beginning of the year? Yeah, January. Yeah, it's flying. <laughs> yeah, it's flying. And, you know, I've had some places in Vegas approach me about it. And I'm like, okay, we slow your roll. Like, that. that's a little bit much. I've actually, I'm bringing an intern in to help out with those. But, like, it's been just fun. And it's non-stressful. And I really am enjoying to get the, to meet the people I have and actually getting a lot of business out of it. Yeah. I mean, getting getting the stories and perspective of successful business people mm -hmm. firsthand is Nothing beats far it. more valuable than anything you're probably going to get from a book or a oh, course yeah. or a YouTube video. I oh. mean, there's a lot of those are all great sources. But right. if you can just get it straight from the horse's mouth, like in person and maybe be able to, to ask, ask some questions. questions. Yeah. 
That's a, that that's, takes up most of the time, yeah. honestly. And then we always do like a little happy hour with sports and social after. And it's like the best part because like we don't just have people from business come in. Like we have a lot of people like there's a one time a woman who wrote a children's book come oh, in. Cool. And like we just have so many different types and walks of people. And we want it to be an accepting space because, again, everything's business at the end of the day. Like getting to hear all those perspectives, it's really like inspiring. Yeah. And the soft skills are important. I think people are having more conversations around those. Mm-hmm. I actually just read Gary Vee's book, 12, which ah, is all around the, the, love Gary Vee. the soft skills. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so many people are interested in the hard skills whenever they're learning business, you know, the marketing and, and uh, you know, yeah. just everything that goes in like into doing the thing, mm-hmm. but not enough people actually focus on the relationship building and, and those skills. Because the number one thing in business is trust. Why should I give you my money? Why should I give you anything if I don't trust you? And that comes from like partly maturity, but like those soft skills. And that's why we really focus on those. Like you can learn a hard skill anywhere. I can just go on YouTube and I could learn how to like code a freaking website. Yeah. But it would take me probably like a few weeks, but I could do it. Um, You can't learn any of that anywhere else if you're not and we always do it very discussion based which i think is really fun like i'll ask a question specifically that will get a lot of different reactions and answers and i think people learn from each other because like how someone who's a nurse is going to handle handle something versus someone in finance could be completely different and it's really interesting to see those perspectives so does it almost become like a roundtable discussion at that point yeah and like what i like to do when i do it at least because we've had a few other people i'm i'm getting ready to pass the baton off more Cause it's a lot to prep for, but like I'll ask a question that's open-ended and there's not necessarily a right answer, but there's, there's another perspective to it that people don't usually think about. Um, and I'll try to lead them towards there. Um, and just throw out some facts, throw out some things like, I can't even think of anything right now cause my brain is fried, but, okay. <laughs> but you know, like one of the good ones was talking about, um, building community and like, like you can look at a lot of data behind that and really look at it from a soft skills perspective as well. And it's really interesting to hear the data that might not really feed into what you normally think it would be. And mm. it's, it's interesting. Like human beings were weirdly predictable more than we'd like to believe we are. Oh yeah. More yeah. than we like to believe. We're very much alike. Yeah. I don't know if you experienced this in the call center. Whenever I used to work in the call center, yeah. I would talk to people and it didn't matter where it I don't know how I want to say this. It, it almost didn't matter where in the country I talked to somebody from. There were certain voices that sounded the same. Like mm-hmm. there's only so many pitches and frequencies of oh, sound. Yeah. And I would talk I talked to this one guy one time and he sounded just like my uncle. Same cadence. <laughs> it was fucking the weirdest thing. That would freak me out. Same cadence, same delivery, just everything. He just sounded very relaxed and calm and I was just like, "Man, you sound just like somebody I know." It's, it just it blew me That the, would freak me out. It was crazy. Yeah, the way people sound um the same or uh you know, I, you, you could hear in their voice whether or not they were kind of like how with it they were. Mm-hmm. So it, I didn't, I did, it didn't matter if somebody was like 70 or if they were 30. You could yeah. hear this youthfulness in their voice. Yeah. And if they had an email, that was kind of like an indicator of, of how with the times <laughs> they were. Right. But sometimes you would talk to somebody who was in their, their 20s, 30s, 40s, and they sounded like they were 70 or 80. It, oh my God, it freaks me out. It was just so crazy how you can just – it's like you're clearly not a very healthy person. Whenever I'm talking to you, I can kind of figure that out. And yes. at the time, I was working at Express Scripts, so we were dealing with medication, so I could actually see you're not a healthy person. Right. Um, it's just interesting. I don't know. It's people very are, interesting. People are fascinating. People are extremely fascinating. And, you know, like really since I have started working, I mean, even at 15, I've always been in customer service-related jobs. And 
it's just it's so interesting because you get people from so many walks of life but like that's a thing reactions are always the same like you can kind of pinpoint who's going to react what way mm-hmm. kind of freaks me out a little bit but i really like it and i think it's made me better at everything else i do because i kind of know like i've dealt with the worst of it like i've been yelled at and pe- from people in like probably like 20 different languages like really? when, I, when i first started on the phones yeah i don't get yelled at anymore usually so <laughs> you probably figured out how to handle all the objections before they come yeah and that's the thing like once you get yelled at a lot of times you're like Shh. yeah you're you're saying what makes you feel better not yeah not what actually affects me and i think that's probably the biggest thing that i've learned from customer service it's very easy to be a nice person it's really easy to be a mean person it's like why go either route mm-hmm. just like focus on bringing that kindness and especially when you're interacting with someone who's trying to help you yeah i think more people should have customer service jobs i think everyone should at yeah. least some point 100 percent, like a customer service job or sales or the combination of the two mm-hmm. i mean it really helps you learn that uh you know to not take things personal yeah for real because you'll you'll talk on the phone with somebody and they'll be irate they're yelling and uh, it really has nothing to do with you sometimes you can just listen to them and maybe maybe even apologize maybe you don't have to apologize but you can turn a a call around and somebody will just be like your best friend by the end of it yeah i've had some wild conversations with people all over the world but i think that's one thing a lot of people lack these days is empathy yeah and like empathy is not what you're it's not you really have to listen we lack empathy and we act act lack active listening like people don't know how to listen to each other they're listening to respond not listening to absorb yeah and that's one big thing and then if you're listening to absorb you will gen i think nine out of ten times really provide empathy towards the other person i wonder how many people are just living in such a state of survival and reaction Mm -hmm. you know are they able are they able to effectively listen or to to do the internal work because sometimes i wonder man Especially over the last couple of years, I mean, the world's gone fucking nuts, <laughs> yeah, which is, no. which is make me, it, <laughs> it helps me appreciate the city so much more. It's like a hidden gem as, as crazy as the world's been getting. It's like, man, this place is really affordable. We have a, yeah, we is. have a fire, um, culinary scene. I mean, oh God, the restaurants so here are phenomenal, right? I mean, there's just so many cool things to do. Uh, it's again, it's very affordable, uh, but I, I love the nature that we're really close to. Yes. So there's just so many good things and positive attributes to this city. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know what the fuck my original point was. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm vibing with the cool uh, city, but it's just we appreciate what we have. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could. You, when, you, when you think of it, come back to yeah, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to it. Ah, <laughs> fuck. I, I'm hate not when, I hate when that happens. Because then you start getting on another point and you're like, wait, this point's actually kind of I don't know. I started talking about how good the city was, but I was like. The last couple of years made me realize how cool it was, and then I didn't want to leave. But then there was another point, I think, that led me into that. What, what did you say? I don't remember what I said. Active <laughs> listening. where People are living in a state of, like, too much reaction. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was saying. Thank you. You're welcome. I know what I was saying. Um, <laughs> I was talking about everybody's just so reactionary and not being yeah. able to uh, to really, like, think ahead or do that internal work because so many people are just – probably like scared or yeah just what whatever the case may be is you know it's not it's not coming from a place of like comfort and being positive Mm -hmm. and and being able to to think past this next decision you know what i mean it's like how am i going to pay my bills how am i going to pay my whether it's rent or gas or food or daycare get my kids school clothes or whatever the case may be so many people are living in such a state of survival i think they scared themselves into misery because they're so afraid to take the risk that they stay in a constant state of suffering. Mm. I think genuinely people don't take enough risks and it bites them in the ass. 
just seeking comfort. Yeah. But it's not even comfort. It's familiar. Mm, familiar. Yeah, people are so comfortable with what's familiar to them that they're so afraid to take a risk and like change what they're like their lives like i get i mean we were talking about this i get this all the time like people are like how do you do so much how did you get this opportunity to speak at these things i created my opportunities when there was nobody asking me to come speak at places i went to someone and said this is what i want to do and i want to make myself the focal point here because i want to actually create a platform for myself to do this it wasn't handed to me right and people are afraid to even ask like what's the worst thing that's going to happen someone's going to say no People are like, oh, I want to go ask this guy out. Then ask. How many no's have you gotten in your life? Enough. Quite a few. Probably quite a few. Quite a few. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of no's in my life. But it actually kind of framed me into being better at getting the yeses because I learned what I was doing wrong. I've learned that the no's are necessary in business. I I hope that I still continue to get no's. And I know I still do. Yeah. Like I'm still getting a ton of them. that That rejection, you learn from it. Have you ever read the book uh, Splitting the Difference no, by Chris Voss? It's a really good book. He, um, he used to be an FBI uh, negotiator. Ooh. So the whole idea for him is he always talks about, like, you don't want to split the difference. And he uses an example of, say, you, uh, you want to wear black shoes. Mm-hmm. But he's like, your wife wants you to wear brown shoes. What are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to split the difference and, and compromise and wear one black shoe, one brown <laughs> shoe? Like, no, you're not going to do that. No, you're not. So you, and if you're negotiate for people's lives it's not like you can really fucking come to an, an equal ground it's like winner either <laughs> you're winning the, to- the top half yeah, or the bottom either you're winning or you're not right so he um he talks in there about getting to know as fast as possible mm-hmm. it's like once we get to know now we're starting to have the conversation yeah because so many people i mean you might get a yes but is a, a genuine yes like there's multiple types of yeses yeah. it's like there's that committing yes but then there's also kind of like that pacifying yes where they're just yes. saying it's just to keep you happy or whatnot they don't really right. mean it yeah so, they're not actually taking that next step right i was i always take it back to this and like it's like somebody asks you out and you say yes but they never actually plan the date. Yeah. Like, it's I'm, like, I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah, let's get, I, we'll get together. Let's do it. Anytime. Let me know. I'm the, I do it too. I'm not going to lie. And I'm like, okay. So like, what was the point of this? Like it, 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 those yeses don't mean anything either. Like what could you have done differently in those situations? Should you have even said yes? Should you even have asked? And like, I always take those moments to be like, okay, let me reflect on myself. Even in business, if I got a no from this company, why did they say no? I always ask for feedback. I think feedback's super important. Like what, even if I, I'm very logical. So I'm like, what did I do wrong? Or like, what could I have done differently? I ask that question once a day. Like, what could I have done differently to have a different outcome? Mm. And it's sometimes the answer is you just couldn't have. It's not always going to go your way. Uh, I don't like to believe that. You don't like to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I like to get my way. I will say that. Yeah. But I know it doesn't always happen. I have to keep myself humble. So being humble is important. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's also, I guess I have to keep, like, you have to keep the confidence up, but, like, humility is huge. And I think people are very guilty of, like, going up into the clouds. And, like, you got to stay grounded. Definitely very grounded. Do you do anything particular to help you stay grounded? A lot of yoga. Yoga? Yeah. And I, I mean, genuinely working out for me, I like, I like being humbled because it shows me how much further I have to go. Mm. Boxing's a great example. If I get hit in the face, it's because I did something wrong. So just doing something hard or new? Doing something hard or new. Like, I always am picking up, because I have so much free time, picking up new hobbies. Like, let me learn how to do this. Like, I'm going to teach myself how to reread sheet music. Yeah, Mahiko, with all the time in the world that you have. But, like, being bad at something is, like, my favorite thing in the world. Because it just shows me that, like, I have so much more to learn and live and do. Yeah. It's like, that's, like, a weird thing to say. I love being bad at things, but... 
It's a good mindset to have. Yeah. Not a lot of people like to be bad. Yeah. Like boxing was probably, I think boxing was one of those things that changed my life as well was it's hard. Like even like I haven't been back in a month. Sorry, Jamie. Um, and I know I'm going to go back and like my heart's going to like explode out of mm-hmm. my chest because I've been like, re- I've been drinking so much coffee, but like that, that feeling of like, okay, like a couple more classes in it getting easier and easier and easier. Like people need to challenge themselves more. Yeah. And I think you need to have people in your life who challenge you more. Yeah. Yeah. You have people, who are those people for you? Um, so I've got a couple good friends who'll do that. And my mom, my mom is all day, every day. She's like, well, you could have done this, could have done this. And I'm like, you're right my boss, the people who work for me, like I genuinely like my leadership style. Like I like to, you know, lead people towards like my discussions, lead people towards the right answers or what I think is the right answer. But I'm very open to feedback because like I say this as a, like as a leader, you can only give so much before what you have is not going to do anything else. Like some, at some point the CEO needs to switch and I have a very, like, you're going to add as much of your flavor and seasoning as you can, but someone else is going to come in after you add a little bit more and maybe it makes it better. And that's the thing. Like, I think we all have a clock. Like I don't want to run this business forever. I want to build it. I want to get it to the point where I know that I'm still going to be great, but someone's going to come in with better ideas than me. And it's, that's when I know it's my time to step away. Well, there are different phases of business, yeah right? So like, if you're more of a visionary type, Mm -hmm. you probably, you know, that that type of leader is very important at the beginning when you're building the business yes. but then once the business is more established you kind of need a different type of leadership exactly yeah i'm definitely i'm i'm getting my full-time job is teaching me to be the second type i would say i'm definitely more like i love the creation process of it and that that's my baby but like i think like even with my full-time job there's going to come a day that i'm not going to have any more knowledge to give and my skill set would no longer be needed here and that's when it's time, like, and that's good. That's a good thing. That's why succession is a good thing. It gives other people a chance to grow because then I get to go tackle something new and yeah. bring my skill set somewhere else. And I think that's important. I like to change frequently. I'm, all, I'm a little spaz. How frequent? Um, I mean, I've been with this job about three years now. That's so. legit. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't run away, but like, I would say like good, like five to s- like not upheaval of my life every five to seven years, but like definitely, even if I can, can there's only so much we can learn. Mm-hmm. genuinely i don't know i don't know how frequent change i think it's just when it feels right just when it feels right just when it feels right i think five to seven is probably pretty average yeah these days nobody's yeah. staying at a corporation for 30 years anymore oh my god no no they're not it's kind of it's not kind of sad i don't know i think it's kind of exciting yeah i mean like why would you i, th- I think why would you again i think that the entire landscape of of what it means to be an employee has mm-hmm. changed right you can work from anywhere in the world as we talked yeah. about at the beginning so the whole idea of of being at a place for thirty years is just—it's really not—it's not the same. No, it's you know, not. there was once upon a upon a time where it's like you had like Ford, for example, like this is the pillar of the city or, or <laughs> right. the town that you're in, and then everybody lives there, and then this is just kind of everything has evolved around this thing they're built around the business the business so it's like everybody's there and you stay there for a long time because you get pension which there aren't even pensions anymore (laughs) so it's like there's just all these things there's a lot of issues going on like i think i did a case study um because on top of everything else i decided i need to get my mba um i did an international business course and there's a i think it's argentina there's a lot of cities where they were they were industrial towns they were built around these businesses and now those businesses are shutting down and all these people are displaced yeah and it's so sad to see that and i think that's part of like why I'm so passionate about STL Guide is like 
I want to attract more companies here. I want to build more jobs here. I want to keep people here because when there's jobs, there's younger kids, less crime and all of that junk. Like there's so much more to it. And like when you lift a place up, it's different. Yeah, like, I agree with that. Like people don't people. I mean, they don't even do it with each other anymore. Like there's nobody trying to uplift each other anymore. There's people out there who try, but it's exhausting genuinely. You know, so obviously you've probably seen as of late with the whole student loan re- yes. relief thing. And I just kind of see it, – it, it, re- it honestly doesn't matter what the issue is. That's just the most recent one. But I'll see people online, and I'm just – I'm really taken back about how there is no human issue that's just no. black and white. It's right. It's very messy. It's very gray. And I just see people just – Whatever your opinion is, I mean, there's a lot of infighting on social media, which kind of gives you the like the keyboard warriors. It really gives you a false perspective of what's really going on in the world. Because if you just go out into the world, most people are really cool, and (laughs) they are. They really are. They really are. It's such a small percentage of lunatics arguing online. Yes. But I just see such a like a lack of empathy, a lack of just uh, context and nuance when it comes to any of these issues, and the very like crab in the barrel mentality of. You don't want your fellow people to do well for whatever reason, in whatever regard. I saw something that was like, well, you should have known what you signed up for. Um, I a 17-year-old me was a dumbass. Like, like at 17, I could not have known what decision I was making that was going to impact the rest of my life so brutally. Yeah, and then, so I think, yeah, it's it's such a multi-layered thing, right? Like, you're still a kid. You don't really have the opportunity to to think that far ahead. Yeah, you don't really understand interest. And in return, a lot of the universities are taking advantage of the fact that, you know, it's government-backed. Once the government got involved, I mean, the cost of of education far exceeds inflation. Oh, yeah. It's gone up astronomically. Absolutely. And I always ask myself, why are they charging interest on it? You know what I mean? If right. There's such a high amount of interest that's that's coming out of the pockets of people. I mean, you'll pay for five years and all you paid was interest. Literally. Like at some point, like you've literally not even paid off yeah. your debt. You're just paying off the interest of your yeah, debt. Yeah, you're essentially creating slaves and indentured servants. Yeah, where, where and then you have to take the corporate job. You have to... And then the corporate job isn't what you expect it to be because you're barely making enough to live. And then you go take a bartending job and never using the, the the degree in the first place. That's it. Yeah. You're making just enough money to pay for your house and your food. And that's it. Yeah. Not even cars these days. Like no. the gas is insane. Yeah. It's like, I like cover my eyes every time I fill up my tank. I'm like, oh my God, this hurts. It's crazy. It really is. Um, what was my original point? Um, shit, Mahika. I'm just, I'm just losing it left and right I'm now. I'm sorry. I'm rubbing off on you. Like the spaz is rubbing off. Is what it is. No, um, there's so many topics to talk about. No, uh, with with the student loans, it oh, was yeah. uh, it was uh, I don't know, I fucking lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shit, um, I'm, I'm normally on top of it. It's my fault. I'm it's sorry. not. It's not your fault. I'll take the blame. <laughs> I will blame you though. I'll be happy to blame you. <laughs> I'm used to it these days. Yeah. No. It's yeah, just I mean, a part of being a leader, right? You just take the blame all the time. Oh, <laughs> literally all the time. I'm like. It's fine. I'm like, I will turn to people and go, I'm not getting yelled at for you this time. And like, yeah. like, okay. It's not a good feeling to always take ownership, but it's a good skill to have. It's a lot. Um, I could not have expected this when I, you know, and that's it. Like, to own what other people are doing. Yeah. And that fall under you, that kind of expectations was like, like, I did not understand it. And if I had gone into, like, running my own business right away without doing this... 
I probably would have like broken under the pressure because you don't understand what it's like to lead people towards a common goal and take ownership for what they're doing unless you've done it and you've done it wrong. Yeah. Well, then also, I mean, you have to take ownership for all their mistakes and figure out how can you help them. Yeah. Um, you're kind of a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and you're counseling people. And part of it is like learning how different people work. Yes. Because that was really hard for me because I'm like, I can like spit something out really fast and I'm like, clearly I talk quickly and I just like my brain moves a million miles a minute. So having to take time to slow down for some people was hard for me. Really? Like, yeah. I was like, wait, you don't get it? Like, mm. like why? Like I, did I not explain it clearly? And then like trying to be like, wait, people learn different ways. Right. Not everybody learns as quickly mm-hmm. as you do. Right. And yeah. that was, that was a hard one for me to like put my head around. I'm like, okay, like I actually, I, we, this was what we did for our first business hour, the different leadership styles. We actually did like a full thing of like all the different leadership styles. And p- one thing that I had a hard time understanding is you're not just one type of leader. It's a good leader, someone who knows how to use all of the leadership styles to their advantage. Yeah, there's a true dichotomy like that you mm-hmm. kind of have to, to walk whenever yes. you're dealing with people. Yes, I'm learning that. <laughs> I'm still learning it. I'm getting better. But in the beginning, I was like, hello, I asked for this to be done. Yeah. And th- that's not good. That's it's not like good not thing. having that understanding and empathy. Yes. Yeah. That actually brings me to the original point. Uh, I was ah, making. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was just lack of context and nuance. Like it, the situation <laughs> isn't as simple as people always like to believe it is, whether it's student loans or it's two A or it's whatever the f- yeah. name of fucking topic. It's <laughs> never as simple as people it's always n- want to make it. Seem. Right. I think there's, al- there's always two phrases I say. It's easier than you think it is, but it's not as simple as you think it is. Like, it's easier to get things done, but nothing's black or white. Right. Yeah, I always think, like, simple doesn't mean easy. No. It really doesn't. It does not mean easy. I think people get, like, that that confused. Like, they get content and comfortable confused, and they get familiar and comfortable confused. It's There's all these words being thrown around because of social media, and I just think, like, people take things a little too literally sometimes. And I just will never understand the Facebook fights. <laughs> like. <laughs> no. It's like sometimes I just like if I'm bored at night, I just sit there and I'm just like, what is going on? I'm trying to balance keeping the perspective of this is a tool to help me mm-hmm. get to where I want to go and not let it hijack my dopamine reward system and suck yeah. me into like this loop of scrolling. Oh my God. How do I, you balance that? I don't scroll, which is wild to people. People are like, well, you didn't like my picture. I do not scroll. I post because social media is something that I make money from. And that's just me being super genuine. I rarely scroll. Once in a while, there is no daily scrolling in my life. Like, I'll poke through some stories. Like, I can't have all my good friends, like, just up at the top. Yeah. I, I don't go on it myself. Stories are a lot easier to get through, and they mm-hmm. don't steal all your time. Yeah. I mean, I just hit 10,000, like, the other day. And I was like, it weirds me out a little bit. I'm like, why are all these people tuned in to, like, me being a weirdo online and I'm like okay this is interesting but like part of that to me is like I I don't get a lot of my like I don't look at my likes I don't look at how many views I don't look at any of that I just post whatever the hell I want and I think that was part of growing up for me I think it would have been different if I had been one of those kids that had just grown up with social media because I was still in the flip phone years like trying to I still can't type on those three little keyboard thingies but like I think I know what it's like to live without it live with it and then find a healthy medium to it. But that's also probably because of a lot of hard work in life. Yeah. To have that mental like peace. I take breaks. I'm just like, Hey, I'm just going to like not be on social media for a few days and just like post like ads that I have to, but it's a good move. 
Yeah. It's a good move. I, I hate the scroll. Like, I don't like this. It hurts my wrist. I don't like it either. <laughs> I'm like, and then you just sit there. Like, the stories are definitely easier, but I'll, I usually tap out of TikTok is bad for me because you can learn a lot on TikTok very quickly. Can you, though? Yes. I feel like that's <laughs> I've the I've learned new, some dumb crap. That's the new resource for everybody. I love TikTok. TikTok, it seems I love to be. TikTok. Really? I won't even lie. I don't, I don't let myself go on it. I, like, have a lock on my phone. I'm only allowed to go on it for, like, 30 minutes a day. Okay. Like, I, I, it's bad. Like, I will scroll for forever. I do get caught in there. Uh, but it's because there's so much knowledge. That's the one that hijacks your reward system. That one No, does. there's just so much knowledge. Like, I don't have to sit down and read, like, or watch this, like, 20-minute YouTube video. It's, like, there in, like, three minutes. And I get all these weird, like, serial killer stories. And but shit. how do you know it's it's accurate? I go Google it after. So I'm you cross-reference. I do. That's important. <laughs> I'm a psycho. I told you this. I'm a psycho. Like, I literally go into, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to know more about this. And then I'm like, it's like one in the morning and i'm like learning about some random serial killer in austria you went down a rabbit hole oh every time every single time i do it my mom's like what are you doing i go i gotta learn about the serial killer she goes oh, why that's the thing with girls right yes. a lot of women love that shit I don't murder get it. mysteries i don't get it but i'm a part of it yeah like i could not tell you why it's so exciting to me to learn about but it, it is i wonder what that is i don't get it i don't know deja my my wife she watches all fucking day She'll be like working and just kind of be on the background. <laughs> right. I'm just like, well, this is just so depressing. Why are you <laughs> Why are you watching this? It's because rom-coms give you an unrealistic like, perspective on life and romance. So instead, we're watching serial killer Watch murders. Yeah, like really lowering the bar. I don't know if that's it. Oh, shit. Like, I've never understood. I think it's so weird because, like, literally on a Friday night, I will turn on, like, a serial killer documentary with a glass of wine and, like, chill with my dog. Really? Yes. And that's such a weird concept to me as it's well. It's all right. Whatever works for you serial killers apparently if anyone's out there it's kind of like a puzzle you're trying to like figure out the human psyche and, and i think traits. i just like the logic i'm very into like the human psychology i really like the like i think it's just exciting for me to learn about because it's something that you can like dive into and it's like stumped a lot of people yeah it's the excitement of it well the fact i mean the mind of a, of a psychopath or a serial killer somebody who would do those type of things yeah. is very fascinating so fascinating or if you look at the circumstances surrounding whatever mm-hmm. it events it's, it's like how did this happen or, oh, or yeah. what really led to this or like holy shit there was that many bodies in that backyard before anybody found out how many heads were under that house it's horrifying what possessed you to eat a human being i will never understand i don't know it freaks me out don't get me wrong but like like there's parts where it gets too dark i'm like i'm done i listened to this book called the sociopath next door and it was just talking about just statistically how many sociopaths there are in the world and oh different things and there's a lot of them. There's, There's a lot a- of them. But the thing is, you can be a sociopath. It doesn't make normal. you. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're necessarily yeah. going to be a murderer. And we I, all have sociopathic tendencies, we do. especially in business. If you have to fire somebody, can't feel too bad so about it. So actually, time. I read an article on this. A lot of business, like a lot of people who are successful in business, it's because they have narcissistic personality traits. So I actually read an article not that long ago about like Jeff Bezos and how he's a narcissistic leader. I call it delusional confidence in my case because I hate the word narcissist. But like. It's you have to believe in these things so much beyond what anyone else says or cares or does that you go towards tendencies of a narcissist um, versus sociopath. Because like I would say like a lot of us still have feelings, but I would definitely say I'm a narcissistic leader to a degree. Like it doesn't mean I'm an asshole, but like it's just that like overarching like I'm right and I'm going to do this tendency. It was a very interesting read. I'll have to send it to you. Mm, yeah, it's just like that ultimate. Bl- well, if you don't believe in yourself, who will? 
Da, 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 da. That's what I say. But does you it, can't believe, you can't achieve. It's true. It really is true. It's super true. Especially when you hit those low moments, the belief is what pulls you through. Mm-hmm. But uh, does that create a blind spot, you think? Yeah, and that's something I've had to navigate. And that's why I'm. it's important to trust the people who work for you. Like, I am very big on doing a lot of focus groups. Like, okay, so how did, like, after everything, you kind of sit down, you dissect it. What went well? Like, what are the highlights? What went wrong? What are the opportunities? And what are the next steps? So, like, how did we do? What went wrong? How do we fix it? And that's, like, just how I think of everything I do. Like, that's just on cycle in my brain. It took a long time to get, like, my brain there. I think you have to, like, I used to have to, like, keep notes on the side. Okay, like, ask yourself this. And, like, physically do it and remind myself to do it. But now it's just habit. Mm. that's been the biggest thing for me. Um, It's also always just take the time to say, yeah, this went well. And these are the good parts because there's always going to be minor mishaps. And I used to freak out over every single one. Like, I I don't know if you know this. I threw the Rich the Kid concert last year. Oh, really? Rich didn't show up. We found out like an hour before he was supposed to go on that his plane wasn't going to land. Wow. So that was like probably one of the most terrifying moments of my life. Um, like what's going through your mind at that moment? Um, well, I had a little panic attack. I took a tequila shot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. Like I have to get out here in front of 300 people and tell them that Rich the Kid is not showing up. Was, was it a free concert? No. Everybody paid? Everybody paid. Oh, how, how, so, <laughs> so I had How'd I, that shake out? I, I get this whole thing <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like walking around like I have like people fanning me because I'm like having a literal panic attack and they're like, are you okay? I go, no, I'm not okay. And you know, I, I, I did my thing. I sat down. I was like, okay, what's gone well? It's like, blah, blah, blah. A lot of those people were there to support me and like, you know, um, the person I was working with. So I got on stage, you know, we made the decision. We go, if anyone wants a refund, they can have one. We had a bunch of other artists performing. No refunds. Nobody wanted one. They were just like, they were like, we're here to support you guys in the city. And people were disappointed. Right. People were like boycotting Rich the Kid after that. I was like, okay, so it wasn't me. And it was like, it was that frame of mind. I'd never had something like that happen to me. And I was like, huh. I, I, I didn't even know what to do. Like I had literally left my cousin's wedding reception to go work this show and like put this on. Like I'd spent all day setting up, months preparing, and then day of, like an hour before. Um, and that, that was one big thing for me. I was like, okay, then I had to sit down after that. Like I made the announcement. People were a little bit bummed. No one was super upset. And we just went from there and it was just really nice to see the support from people when you're just very vulnerable and honest about what's happening. And I was like, people were like trying to hunt him down. Like they're like tweeting him. I'm like, let's stop doing that. Let's not do that either. But it was a huge thing. It was it, That was like a slapping point for me. Like life is not going to work out how you expect it to and always have a contingency prepared. Yeah. It's never as bad as it seems. It was not as – I was like going to – I thought people were going to riot and walk out. Like I did not know what I was thinking. Like I was a mess before that. Like I, I don't know who wouldn't be people who are seasoned at it. Yeah. I mean if you've done it enough. Yeah. But shit. Yeah, and that was like, you know, first time coming back after taking a long break from producing events. And I was like, <laughs> like this, this is how we kick it off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is going to ruin my, I think a lot, at that point, it was a lot about my ego. It was very much about my ego. It was, I'm not, like, people are going to put this on me and they're not going to take me seriously anymore. And I took it very much to heart like a punch in the face. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, like, being more con- conditioned in the job I'm doing now, like, it was not me, and there was n- that was all out of my control. So the only thing I could have controlled was my reaction. And since then, you know, a lot of things have gone wrong, but now I know like 
take a deep breath, take a tequila shot if you need it, and then handle it. Like, it, it was a really big turning point for me to become more solution-oriented instead of problem-oriented. Like, I should have immediately probably been like, okay, like, what do we do now? Let's put out the steps. Let's set up a line for refunds. Let's do this. I didn't have that experience to do it, and I didn't have that mindset because it was so – it's so fear – oriented i think fear is like probably the worst human emotion there is because it, it paralyzes you you can't think straight it's pretty shitty <laughs> it's pretty shitty like i don't care about being sad i don't care about being hungry or hangry because i get hangry um it's fear like and i really like i'm terrified of heights but i'm definitely going skydiving it's like pushing past that i think if you do it enough times chilling yeah it's gonna get easier Hopefully. It always gets easier. Hopefully. I don't know about the fear piece because that one's a little bit – I think it's hard because fear comes in so many different ways and ways you'll never expect it to. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how can you introduce, again, those challenging things, How can you be solid you and take your ego out of it? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's a lot – it's ego. We don't like ego. No. No, we hate ego. Ego's not fun. No, it'll it'll get you in some bad spots. Yeah. It really will. I mean, it, it can, you know, an ego can do some amazing things, but mm-hmm. it can also just burn some shit down. It's, right. like, it's like fire. It literally does. And it's just <clears throat> like, that's why you got to stay humble and grounded. Yeah. Like, again, humble yourself if nothing else is. Do something new. Try something new. Like, and hope bad, like, not hope bad things happen to you, but hope things go wrong because it'll it'll help make you better. Like, there's not a person I know who's done everything perfect in their entire lives. And no. I don't know why we expect that of ourselves. No. There's a, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm type A and I'm a perfectionist. Like, yeah. I mean, I have some friends who are, are pretty fucking successful and just talking with them or just chatting or here and there. And it's, man, it, even the most successful people <laughs> right. are just like you and have gone through some very difficult things. Yeah. And the only difference is they just didn't quit. Exactly. And it's, I think. <clears throat> That that's what I say like all the time. It's not about how hard you hit; it's how hard you can get hit and still stay up. And even if you fall, can you get back up? And then take a step back, look at where you like, look at where you tripped, because usually it's, it's not the fall itself; it's what happened before that. And some of those things are out of our control. Some of those things are very much in our control. How do we learn from them and keep pushing? And how do you keep your ego out of it? And you know, I used to take everything so personally. Like, anything that went wrong, you got to be, damn, I fucked up. Like, I'm not worthy of being in school. Like, so dramatic, which I'm still super dramatic, but um, it's not taking things to heart and just continuing to persevere. That's it. I mean, that's really the only advice I can ever give to anybody. Just keep learning. Keep trying. Keep falling. With that, Mahika, yeah. we, we'll finish it up. I actually perfect to, yeah i gotta get to my son's open house so this works perfect out. yeah good good ending note um thank you so much for doing this this has been really thanks fun thanks for having me out where can people check you out at mahika the freak on instagram mahika nagpal on linkedin facebook also at stl at the stl guide on instagram and tiktok awesome love it we're all out we're all over the place well thank you for having me yeah keep crushing i love seeing it yeah thank you all right everybody see you later Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. As always, if you're getting value, just do me a favor. Tell a friend. Bring us a new friend for the next episode. I will be eternally grateful if you do. That's all I have, though. Just keep being rad humans. We'll be back very soon with another conversation. I'll catch you next time. Love you. Bye.